I'm, I, I want to think that I would do those things. I want to think that I would jump off of big cliffs and into water. Um, but I tend to be more of the safety conscious type guy. Um, I'm the guy who, uh, like, last night we had a fire, uh, and not, not like an on-purpose fire. Like, we made a fire in our backyard. And, uh, I, you know, before I went to bed, I poured, like, three, uh, like, five-gallon buckets of water on it. And then, um, you know, I'm the kind of guy who's laying in bed wondering if I should go check on it one more time. You know, because there might be that one spark that you missed, and if the wind blows just right, and it, like, you know, you've seen that, and it, and it, and it touches that one dry blade of grass... I mean, you never know. You could wake up and the whole neighbor's yard could be burned to the ground. Um, so I, I'm, and I can tell you a lot of stories like that. I'm very safety conscious. Um, but I want to give you a story as kind of a illustration of what this next month we're going to be talking about here. So um, I went on a trip with some friends to Las Vegas a couple years ago. I was thinking, I wonder how many churches are starting with that story this Sunday. <laughs> you know? Fortunately, the story I'm going to tell you is when we left Las Vegas, because what happens, never mind. So, um, but we took one day and we drove to Arizona to um, ah, the Narrows, but I can't remember the name of the park, Zion National State Park. It can't be a national state. Zion National Park State. No, okay. Um, It's in the state of Arizona, thank you. And... uh, Utah? All right, so I went to Las Vegas. I'm just going to shift stories. And I went down to the table one day. No, okay, so we went to a state nearby, and we went to a park that was really pretty. And there was this place called the Narrows. And what the Narrows is, is like a slot canyon that you can hike through for hours and hours and hours. And it's like, um, it gets so narrow at times that you can stand and touch like that. I can't do that. But um, you can touch both sides. And it's filled with water. So you're most of the time hiking through water. So all of that was already a little bit scary for me. And then when we got there, and we had driven like several hours to get there, um, there was, when, when you go in like the ranger station, they have this, they have like warning signs. They're getting more and more scary the closer and closer you get. And, and it, what turns out is that if it rains anywhere in the U.S., that canyon floods and you die. That's, what, that's basically what the warning sign said. And no one told me that. No one said that. And, uh, and they have this little chart where they, you know, like, I don't even know if I can trust it because it's in chalk. But they put the weather in chalk, which is basically a rating scale of likelihood that you die, right? And so when I, I was like, if there's not a bright sun, I am out of here. Um, and there wasn't. It was like clouds. And I thought. That is not good. And once you, once you start going, there's nowhere, I mean, there's nowhere you can go. You can't climb out of there if it starts to rain. You don't even know it's going to rain. It's just you, I guess you would hear something, and then that would be the end. So that's my teaching. I hope you guys feel encouraged. Come back next week. I told you it was going to be short. Okay. I'm supposed to have a clock somewhere that I can see to make sure I don't go over. Can we bring it up here so I can see it? No, it's plugged in. All right, Drew, you got to hold that above your head the whole time. What does that even say? It looks like 1843 to me. Okay, 1043, that makes more sense. Um, But life is like that a lot. 
Life is like that. There's this, uh, because I did go, to finish my story, I did go, and it is probably the, in the top two hikes of my entire life. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was beautiful. It was exciting. Um, one of my favorite things that I've done. But if I had stayed back, I could have I could have made the choice not to go into the canyon and just hung out in the car by myself all day. I could have chosen to do that. But I would have missed out on this great opportunity. And I'm thinking about how many times are we one step away from great things that God has for us in our life? And oftentimes, it's just one step that gets things started. And we could be talking about a new job opportunity, a new relationship, um, a new team that you want to try out for in high school. You could be talking about a new friend that you want to make. Or even it's more, like, smaller, like, just a daily occurrence. Like, there's that kid who sits alone at lunch, and you're like, someone should talk to them. Right, Levi? You sit there all day wishing someone would talk to you, don't you? I know, it's so sad. One of you could be that person. You could walk right up to him, and you could talk to him. Look, he's even wearing the City Light shirt just to try to get a friend. Um, okay, all right, hold on. i got to stop because we have our first winner today. Um, we have something called the hot seat that God randomly selects with the sunlight. You win a Dunkin' Donuts. In two months... In two months, we're going to be hopefully, or not hopefully, we're definitely, we're going to be moving down the street two miles to the high school, and there are no skylights. Praise the God. Praise the God. Praise the God. The God of skylights. Watch that sunlight. I think it's heading towards you, Brandon. All right. That is much better. Thank you, Steve. I can see that one. Okay. So a lot of times there's a hesitation you know, and what it comes down for, to for me a lot is, do I have what it takes? I have this new job opportunity. I have this, this new uh, volunteer opportunity. I have a, an idea for something that I could start. You think, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes to fail? Like, what if this doesn't go right? Can I handle trying something that other people know about? For instance, can I handle, like, starting a church that all my pastor friends all over the United States are texting me this morning saying, go get them, this is so exciting. Can I handle if this fails? And then I had to see them at the next conference in a few months, and they're like, so how'd that church go? Well, you know, I mean, it's a risk. Thank you. Yes, that's exactly how I would feel. <laughs> I'm glad that we're friends enough that you can just call me out like that. So you probably have that in your life too. You probably have things that are sitting on the shelf or, or the back burner, right? Things that you've wanted to do, things that, ideas, maybe relationships that you, you want to reconcile. And, and a lot of times it's, it's that um, someday I'll have time or someday I'll have more motivation <laughs> or someday I won't be as busy, which by the way, that's a total lie. I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, someday I'll be more healed or more mature or more educated, but we build these excuses. And, you know, I have, I have that stuff. I have a shelf in my life too. And what I've found is that um, those things never accomplish anything in my life. The stuff that I'm holding out on, the stuff that I'm waiting to do, they never accomplish anything in my life. They just sit there collecting dust. I'll tell you about one. I have wanted for years to write a book um, about, so, so here's the thing. I feel like a lot of us don't know how to read the Bible and feel like it means something to us. And so I've wanted to write a book just for the average person to be able to read the Bible and get something out of it. And I've wanted to do this for probably a decade. 
but I don't do it because I'm, I just am not convinced it'll work. And that's really backwards because it's guaranteed not to work if I don't try it, right? So I need to take that first step. You know, um, I wrote a book in my 20s, and I tried this once. Um, I tried to get published. I, I sent tons and tons of letters to agents. I bought a book that's like 600 pages long on how to get an agent, and um, I read that, and it didn't work, okay? Just so you know, don't buy that book. Um, I sent out these things called queries, which are like basically uh, self, uh, self-addressed rejection letters. You send them out, and then you wait a month, and then it comes back to make you feel bad about yourself. So really fun. You should try it someday. Um, but I, I've done this, and I just kind of feel like, you know what, you have to know somebody, or you have to like, I don't know how you can write books. I mean, I've written two books, and I'm self-publishing them, but it's not the same. Like, I, I have this dream that I would write books in, in lots of people, not like more than 500. Like, it's just a goal. Like, more than just my friends who felt guilt-tripped into it would buy this book. But, I, but I, it's just sitting there, and I know it's there, and I think about it, and I just don't do it. So this, this month, we're going to talk about the things that get in the way from us taking that first step, that first step. For some of us, it's fear. For some of us, it's self-doubt. For some, it's, it's just circumstantial. We look around, and we just don't see how it could work because we're limited in our perspective. And we're going to be teaching this whole month from one story. We'll weave other ones in, but one story um, about Jesus. And it's a, one of his followers named Matthew wrote a story, um, and I'm going to read it to you now. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 14, um, or you can read along with me on the back screen here. So later that night, he was there alone, he being Jesus, and uh, he was on a mountain praying. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land. I guess I should have set this up a little bit. So Jesus is on uh, a mountain, and his disciples, his followers, have gotten in a boat, all right, and they've headed out. Okay, now pretend like we're just starting. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I wonder what the guys who were writing it were thinking when they wrote things. Like, do you read that and think, what? Did you catch what it said there? Jesus was walking on the lake. And they just run by it. Like, that's a normal sentence. It's not even a full sentence. Just walking on the lake. It's it's three words about something. Have you ever seen that? Has anyone ever seen it? Have you ever done it? This is extraordinary. And for some reason, I think the Bible just, like, runs through things. So, if I was writing this, that would at least be in all caps, which you'll see later. I like all caps. But, um, walking on the lake. It was crazy. Okay. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, at least they said it twice, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord. Okay, so Peter is this guy. Do you ever say stuff, like blurt stuff out, and then immediately you're like, what did I just say? Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out in the water. Like he had so many other choices. Lord, if it's you, wave. That would have been way safer, right? And as soon as he said it, you know Peter's thinking, what am I, I'm always doing this, right? I'm always saying these things. Maybe he's trying to impress the other disciples, I don't know. But the very word that he's dreading to hear in this moment from Jesus, this is like, we do this, right? We pray these things, right? We pray things like, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll go to Africa for you. 
And then you're like, oh, I, I mean, or Newark. I mean, Newark's good too, right? And that way I don't have to move. That's something like what my prayer went before we started this church. Anywhere, God, in Delaware, northern Delaware, near the university. Amen. Okay, so Jesus says, come. Now, that's insane. Can you imagine, all right, getting, <laughs> can you imagine Peter, like, really? Like, it didn't look any different than normal water. Have you ever looked at water? I mean, we've all looked at water, right? You know 100% of the time when you step into water, you go into the water. Like, that's what happens. Never once in your life have you, like, accidentally walked on the water. You, like, step out and you're like, oh, what's, oh, you know? Like, every time you sink. This is, this is not like Peter thinking, well, I've seen other guys do this. I've never tried it myself, but it'll probably work. No. This is brand new. And I wanna, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say, that's kind of a pun. Go on a limb, walk on water. Okay. Um, not a good one. All right. I had to tell some bad ones so you appreciate the better ones, okay? But um, I don't think Jesus had been doing this a lot either. Obviously, they weren't like, oh, there comes Jesus walking on the lake again, right? That guy, you know? I mean, they're, they're terrified. So this is brand new information for Peter. And Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Are you kidding me? See, Jesus, I'm going to use this story this month as a picture of what it's like to follow Jesus. And rarely does God ever ask you to take easy steps. And have you ever noticed that rarely do the easy things in your life come out of easy steps? The most meaningful things that have happened to you, the things you're most excited about, the things you're most passionate about, they're, they've had risk involved in them, right? I mean, getting married was one of the most Incredibly terrifying things I've ever done in my life. But she is also the most incredible blessing in my life. Oh my gosh, we have another hotspot winner over here on the corner. And he's, and he's bald, so it's extra shiny. Alex, catch this, it's coming. I, you probably can't see. Oh, it's close, almost. He's blinded by the light. The Lord has selected you. Guys, I don't have very many cards left, so. Uh, oh man, that's empty. Oh, that's it. Sorry, Mike. My bad. Next week. Okay. Um, so I, I, there's, got, there's a ton of self-doubt that happens in this moment, though. You know, when I was getting married, I had, I had all of this, you know, questioning of myself. Of my, can I really do this? Do I have what it takes? And in this story, we learn a lot about God's nature and God's attitude towards us. Okay? So he calls him out on the water, and he comes out in the water. Can you put that verse back up? Maybe? Okay, I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. So then he does what many of us do. He starts walking, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm walking on water, right? And he gets like five feet from the boat, and he's like, I can't really reach it anymore, you know? And he's like, well, it's really windy. And he just does that thing, you know, the Michael Scott, right? And he just kind of sinks into the water, and he's like, Jesus! And, you know, Jesus. I think, honestly, some of our pictures of Jesus would be Jesus being like, Sorry. You know, but Jesus reaches out, grabs him, pulls him in. He says, you have little date. Oh, date. You, have, you don't have many dates. 
Weird time for him to confront him on his love life. But you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And don't you think Peter was like, because it's water. Like, that's why I doubted. It's not like crazy. And they climbed back in the boat and the wind died down and it goes on. So I want to I ask you a question. So we're talking today um, we're about more than meets the eye. And uh, we have a little game for you real quick. So underneath your chair, there's this uh, thing if you want to pull it out. Some people in the front row may or may not have it under their chair. All right, have you ever seen one of these? Uh, yeah, I hate these. Okay. Um, Kate, will you go get me a City Light mug? The first person to find an image wins a City Light mug. Go. Oh my gosh, it's over already. You found? What'd you find? You found a shark on the bottom one. All right, who gets the top? We'll give out two prizes. Who can get the top one? Look at it till something pops out at you. Which, was, was it red that was a shark or blue? Blue's the shark. Kangaroo, we got a kangaroo. It's not a kangaroo. It's a dinosaur. Or a kangaroo. They are similar. <laughs> it was like that. Right. Okay. So we've got two prizes for you. Cecilia, and then I'll take the other one. A hoposaurus. I like that. You're welcome. Okay. All right, sometimes now I've lost the audience for the rest of the time. <laughs> All right. Save them for later, everyone else. Save them. They're like, there's nothing in here. They're tricking me. All right. I'm going to give the teenagers a pass on still looking, but adults, let's put these down. All right. So you can look at it later. I, we, won't, we won't collect them. Um, oh, by the way, your connection cards that you filled out, if you're done with them, you can just leave them under your chair. We'll come around and get them at the end, okay? Unless you're going to go get swag, you can take them. I forgot about that. All right. So you, Jesus sees more in you than you see in yourself. Jesus sees more in you than you see in yourself. Fortunately, he's a lot better at this game than I am. When he looks at you, he sees more in you than you see in yourself. He sees potential when you see problems, right? He sees an overcomer when you see someone who has failed. He sees more in you. And when you're looking at that next step and you're wondering, do I have what it takes? Jesus is already out there saying, come on, come on. All right, so we read this Bible verse. So what? So what Jesus sees more in me? How does that help me tomorrow when I go to work? How does that help me tomorrow when I'm exhausted in homeroom and I wish I wasn't here? Here's the first one. Jesus is encouraging you. Jesus is speaking truth over you. Now, here's, I want to I stick on this point for just a second. We listen to a lot of voices. We listen, a lot of us listen to the wrong Jesus, in fact. Have you ever, like, one of the things that City Light is about is seeking people like Jesus does. We're seeking people who have maybe walked away from church for a, a whole host of reasons. But one of the reasons I think we walk away from church is because we have been shown or taught the wrong Jesus. 
So I want to tell you a story. When I was a kid, I was really good at baseball. And I made the all-star team a year before I was supposed to. And on that all-star team, I had a coach who was so mean to me. And over the course of a month of being on the all-star team, he ruined my confidence so I never played baseball significantly again. And for a lot of you, that's the Jesus you hear. You hear the Jesus who's like kind of frustrated, always pointing out your flaws. Couldn't you do better than that? Don't you remember when you did this? Don't you remember when you messed up like this? Other people could do better than you. And what I want to just encourage you is that you should walk away from that Jesus. And walk towards the Jesus who's revealed in the Bible. He's a Jesus who believes in you. He's a Jesus who says that you are his masterpiece. That he has worked hard to make you who you are today and who you will become tomorrow. And as you get before new opportunities, new relationships, new obstacles, you have a choice to make. Jesus is in that moment with you, cheering you on, encouraging you, calling the best out of you. Not the worst, not pointing the worst out in you. He's calling the best out of you. And that's the Jesus we need to hear. You know, other voices we listen to, we listen to our own voice sometimes, which is also can be equally condemning. When we listen to the voices that others have spoken into our lives, we have tapes, right? I mean, this is true no matter what age we are. We have tapes from our childhood. We have tapes running in our head that are saying things like negative things about our abilities. And Jesus wants to erase those tapes and give you his perspective. He wants you to see yourself like he sees you. And he sees you as having the ability to walk out into circumstances by his power. You know, when Peter began to sink, it's when he began to wonder if he had what it took. Right? He began to sink when he started to focus on the other voices. He focused on the wind and he focused on, you know, maybe the disciples were in the background like, Peter, you're never going to make it. Right? Don't do it, Peter. The boat's way safer. So I just want you to hear this. Jesus is encouraging you. He's speaking into your life. He's calling you out. You're not alone. And, and when you do sink, which we will, we will. When you do sink, this is the other thing, that reason that this matters. He's there to, to pick us up. And I think a lot of us, for the very fear of sinking, is why we don't go out of the, get out of the boat, right? Which makes a lot of sense in the the physical analogy of a boat and water. But in life, we're so afraid of falling short and failing that we never take that step. And I think the message of this verse today is that when you step out, there will be times when you'll sink, but God will be there. And, and that's not a failure. That's just growth. It is, it is growth to have the courage to take that step. You know, sometimes we're like, I don't even want to get into that next relationship or whatever because I don't want to get my heart broken again. But God's, God is there to meet you even if things are heartbreaking again. We're not called to walk on the water alone. And side note, do you ever wonder how Peter got back in the boat? I bet you he walked on the water again. Don't you think Jesus picked him up and they just walked back? I don't think he is like, you know, we need a life preserver, Quick! Swim, Peter, right? When you, when you start to sink, Jesus will be there to help you, and you get a second chance. With Jesus, there's always a second chance. Okay. I can really see that blue clock right now. It's calling my name. 
it's saying you're three minutes over. Wouldn't it be amazing if all of us stepped into the opportunities that God gave us without fear, without reservation, believing in ourselves, believing in who God has made us, believing that even if we fail, God and others will be there to pick us up. What would life look like if you did the things that are sitting on your shelf? What would life look like if you stepped into those opportunities that are a little bit risky, a little bit scary? Life might get messier, but I wonder if it would be more fulfilling. I wonder if we would see more surprises. I wonder if we would sometimes, you know, metaphorically walk on water. But you'll never know till you try it. And years later, when they were sitting around campfires, you know what the disciples were talking about? Well, I know what they weren't talking about. None of the other ones wanted to bring up that day. Because every time Peter was like, oh wait, oh wait, how many of us walked on the water? All right, just me. That's right, because you all stayed in the boat. And they never knew what it felt like to feel the water on their feet like concrete. They never knew what that felt like, but Peter knew. And you, you might never know that next thing that God has for you if you don't take that next step. So what we do here at City Light to end is we just give you a chance to reflect on the teaching Um, So we're going to do another song or two. And we'd like to encourage you, if you would like to receive prayer, if you're stuck in life and you're feeling like, yeah, I just can't take that next step, or I feel like I've taken that step and I've failed, or or I don't know where God is right now, over on that side, we're going to have some people over there that would love to pray with you. It's nothing scary. They're just going to ask you your name and pray with you. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus with all of my life. I want to make a commitment to him. Listen, there's no pressure to do this today, okay? It's a big deal. I mean, honestly, it's a life-changing decision. But if you're here today and you're feeling like this is something I want to do, you can go over there as well, and someone will pray with you and talk to you. Um, So could we stand together as we close out the meeting? And I just have a quick announcement. Just remember that we're having an after party today to celebrate our first service. So stay with us. If you can go out into the parking lot afterwards, there's going to be a food truck and a dessert truck. Um, There's going to be free balloon animals and face painting for kids and a moon bounce and music. And we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to stay out there until about 1230. So please stay. We'd love to get to meet you. I'd love to get to meet you personally if I haven't. So, um thank you so much for coming tonight. So I'm going to pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you believe in us, God. Lord, help us to begin to hear that voice of confidence speaking, calling us out. I pray for those who feel stuck, for those who feel afraid, for those who feel they can't take that next step in life. God, I pray that you would bring a freedom today in Jesus' name in their heart. Amen.